since we all need a little bit of variety in our lives, Rasputin and I are going to start off this episode talking about collectible card games in general, and then we're going to move into Keyforge, which is specifically a collectible deck game by Richard Garfield. That's right, folks, the same Richard Garfield that designed the ubiquitous Magic the Gathering. Hopefully this episode will inspire some of you to go out and find new card games, and maybe even play some Keyforge. They do have an online version. So after you're done listening to this episode, maybe you want to hit me up on Discord and start a match. So, you want to hear a story, huh? <laughs> Have I got a story for you! I was over here minding my own business when suddenly... An old friend came in from our town! Someone stole my car! There was an earthquake! A terrible flood! Locust! Who put that crab there? Crab? I didn't see any crab. Don't tell me, there were two crabs, they work in pairs. You better have a damn good explanation for this. No, now go away or I shall taunt you a second time! And we're back for another episode. Yay! Yay! Um, I have no idea. So we've actually worked. I don't know what day it is, what time it is. I've been on PTO for a while. <laughs> and rather than doing anything with the podcast, I've been messing around with code stuff. And not even, like, important codes. Other code stuff that really is considerably insignificant compared to some of my other projects. But whatever. Tonight I want to finally get this itch scratched a little bit, I guess. Because, <laughs> um, I don't know. Oh, right. So, tonight we're talking about collectible card games. Yes. More specifically, Keyforge. Well, Keyforge is technically a collectible deck game. Fine. But Col- you still collect the cards. Collectible games. Yes. Um, we're probably going to go into a little bit of Magic the Gathering because it's kind of my background. Oh well, that, I think that's a little bit of our both of our mutual mutual backgrounds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it should be fairly interesting. Um, I don't know how much we're going to get into the actual rules of Keyforge because I technically haven't played it. I just bought a whole bunch of cards. <laughs> you just bought the cards. And I'm I've like, actually played games, keep- which are fun. And I'm like. Peep's got to play with me. Like, <laughs> hey, are you into magic? Cool. All right, here's this new game I need you to play. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Kay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, how how have you been, Respiter? I've been, I've been fine, like any other since last time. Nice. I have not got any... I have not been uh, pulled, in, pulled over by the cops, so that's a plus. <laughs> so he took care of that thing, right? Yeah, that thing has been taken care of. Okay, that's good. It's been taken care of for a while. Will not find the body anywhere. Do you want me to cut that part out? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's talk about some collectible card games rather than yes. dilly dallying a bunch like we <laughs> usually do. Because we'll, yes. there will be plenty of opportunity to dilly dally. Um, yes, plenty of time to dilly dally later. So, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know what a collectible card game is. Yes. However, (laughs) for those who don't, 
there are games in the world that are card based, like yep. po- Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic Mad. the Gathering. Yep. Usually it involves buying some kind of starter pack, which has resources that you need for everything, and then a whole has bunch- everything you need to start playing the game. Yes. Something a starter pack that has everything you need to start playing, mm-hmm. and then you need to buy booster packs, which get you more cards, so mm-hmm. that you can build bigger and better decks of cards based yes. on specific rules of that game, mm-hmm. like how many of a specific card you can have, how big the deck yes. can be, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, right? Yes, correct. That is absolutely 100% correct. So, you and I have both fallen into this pitfall. Yes. Where? Uh, I think that one of the biggest pitfalls that we did share was a card game that uh, I'm not sure many people, well, not how much many people know. Uh, well, actually, technically two of them. Uh, the one I originally thought of right now, just this moment, besides the other one, is uh, Legend of the Five Rings. Yeah, that's, oh, right, oh, man, I forgot about that one. Yeah, so, that's the one I just remembered, and I, after a while, started talking about it, I remembered the other one that we did. <laughs> so the ones that I'm coming to mind, Magic the Gathering, mm-hmm. Humongous Money Sink. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh!, which lasted about six months. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! wasn't that long, yeah. Um, Actually, like, for me, Yu-Gi-Oh! was mainly just, only collected the uh, the pre-constructs and just played with those. Right, but but what I mean is the game itself, like the yeah. popularity, like start to finish. Hey, let's play Yu-Gi-Oh! To hey, let's go back to Magic: The Gathering was about six yes, months. <laughs> yeah. It was not very well lived. Yeah, uh, not, not least with our group of friends. So Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, what was the oh um, Legends of Five Rings? Which Legend of the Five Rings? Yes, Legend of the Five yeah. Rings is a really cool game but yes it's so freaking complicated yes and also back in the day when we played it it was uh every year when they did the big tournaments it was uh advanced the meta plot of the actual story of said card game yeah which is a really cool aspect of it oh yeah but again you had to really know what you were doing Mm mm-hmm yeah um, there was like multiple different types of victory, victory conditions. Oh yeah, there was. I can. <laughs> you could win by territory. You could win by mm-hmm. getting the five rings. Enlightenment, which was getting the five rings. There was like yep. seven or eight different win conditions. Yeah, so you go win and, by honor. Yeah, yeah which is one. Um, you lose by lack of honor. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say there was awesome concept. I still don't think I ever learned the rules it, properly. Yeah, it took effort to <laughs> it took effort to learn it and master it. But once you did, and took time and money. Oh yeah, to get the cards you need. Absolutely. Well, that's the problem with yeah. all most collectible card games. You yeah. have to have money. Yes, because the powerful cards that you want are the same powerful cards that everybody wants. Yep. Which means that you're going to either be buying a ton of packs of cards, yep. hunting for those specific things, or you're going to find somebody that has them individually and be paying yeah. a 
out the wazoo in some cases for those cards um yes (laughs) and that's and that's kind of one of my issues with magic the gathering yeah okay i think the rules the well (laughs) magic the gathering is one of those games it was easy enough to learn there were a lot of tricks yes getting the win the the win condition was you bring your opponent's life count to zero or Mm -hmm. i guess you could technically make them or you can entire deck i don't know if that's still a rule I think that it, I think that is still I think that is still a rule but I think at one point or, or another if you have no cards left in your deck you just can't win. You don't automatically lose. Right, but there was a there was a lose condition where yeah. If you have to draw a card and there are zero cards in your deck or your library yeah. Right, because the deck is the entire thing, and if mm-hmm. you have no more new cards you can draw, and you're yeah. forced to draw, you technically lose because you can't obey the rule. It's a really niche case, but it was still a case. The, yeah. The primary function was you basically got your opponent to a point where they could not win, or their life count was zero. <laughs> oh, yes. So... Obviously, the game has games have to evolve over time. Yes, and I looked at some of the recent. I've watched YouTube videos of some of the recent editions of Magic. I think mm-hmm. I even bought a draft oh. boost, a draft box at one point. Uh huh. So for those that don't know, uh, sealed draft is one of the tournament styles where you get, I think, uh, five or six. You get X amount of boosters that enough to help build a deck. Right. You get a certain number of booster packs, and then you basically get free resources to, you know, build a deck from scratch in like thirty minutes or something with cards that you've yeah. never seen before or cards that you have no idea what you're going to end up. Oh on. yeah. I bought one of those just because I was in the comic store at the time buying comics. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I said, "Hey, what the hell?" And I like oh, is there a purchase? Yeah. started scrolling. I started like flipping through the cards. I'm like, I have no idea what I have. <laughs> I yeah, have, I have no idea what these cards are. I have no idea what their value is. This is not the game that I played back in the nineties. Oh yeah, um, it's changed since then. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was horrible. And I'm like, yeah, this would take me two more years to figure out again. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I'd have to like constantly buy new stuff to be competitive. To, yeah, to be relevant yeah. with even for even for casual play. And I'm like, screw yeah. that. Uh I got out of it because I realized how much money I was spending on it and it wasn't <laughs> even like that enjoyable. Yeah, um, we are- actually the one. Th- uh-huh. Oh, sorry. No, I was gonna say you also, you and I also got into the spoils, which was a much, yes. much improved version of Magic: The Gathering. Yes, in terms of the rules. <laughs> yeah, but. sadly, that game didn't. It did. It, it, they did have big ambitions. They even because we had a, actually had a chance to play in their beta. Mm-hmm. Which was still it was like like the standard like the standard way of you you bought you bought you had a starter pack 
and you got you bought booster you got boosters for them. Oh. Yeah. Uh but <laughs> spoils is no longer because it's uh they've gone I think they had like at most two expansions. Two thousand um, according to Wikipedia, two thousand one to two thousand six. Wow. Okay. Oh, it's still short. But yeah, longer than I thought. Okay, so still. it launched a free open beta in 2006, officially released for sale in November. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I still have those. It's, I still have those beta cards, yeah. Well, it was in development. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, wow. There was a second edition and a Seed 3. Uh, yeah. Okay, so they, 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 they didn't go that far. Wow. Okay. But yeah, um, it was a fun game. Uh, they they had big plans. They actually had like prize tournaments even during the open beta. Mm. At one point, they had they actually had prize money tournaments for that thing, which was which was neat. And even when it full release, they actually had like a cruise, uh, like the final after all the little tournaments. The final there was the final big tournament was on a cruise, which was cool. So it looks like they had. Stuff up till 2016, but obviously, okay. I mean, the, the website is offline now, so it didn't go well. I mean, obviously, it didn't survive, yeah. which really yeah. sucks because, like I said, it took all the things that Magic, it took a lot of the tournament style rules and yeah. a lot of the shenanigans that you'd get up to in Magic the Gathering and threw them out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like, no, 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 this game is going to be created from scratch for tournament play. Yeah. Tournament and casual play, but it's going to be tuned for tournament play. And apparently one of the original designers actually was a uh, Magic the Gathering world champion. So, oh, wow. Cool. That I did not know. Yeah. Well, it was from the same people that did Magi Nation, which was a card game I never bought oh, into. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, I remember Magi Nation. I, I never bought it, but it was so pretty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It had a nice art style to it. It was so pretty, and I'm like, oh, man, I should buy some of this, but I don't. It didn't. I didn't think it would take off like Magic the Gathering. Oh, uh, Magic the Gathering was a big juggernaut to topple. Even back, there were so many collectible card games back in the day when magic was in full swing. Yeah. Well, it <laughs> yeah. still is. Oh um, yeah. It still is. Cause Friday night magic tournament, you know, Friday night magic is still a thing everywhere. Basically it's magic. The gathering is like the Google of the card. Collectible yeah. There, card well, games. what I'm trying to imply is there's not many as, Collectible card games as it was back in the past compared to today. Oh no, yeah, yeah, right, right yeah. Right. In the early nineties, in the yeah. ni- late nineties, early two thousands, it was like you, you, yeah, it was hard to not trip over a new game. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, so where does this leave us? Well, Magic: The Gathering was a card game invented by. Richard Garfield, who mm-hmm. did a couple of games, actually. Didn't he also do Jihad? Uh, I do not know. I, uh, let me look that up. Anyway, Jihad was a vampire the masquerade yes. based. Uh, which eventually, after a while, it, it, it was around for a short while, 
then died off and came back as the eternal vampire the eternal yeah. struggle yeah <laughs> the limited edition of vampire the eternal struggle uh yeah. it was 1994 designed by richard garfield oh wow nice okay because i know i know he designed robo rally yep richard garfield designed a whole bunch of cool games which kind of brings us to the topic du jour. Well, the reason uh, the the reason why we find this topic. Yes. So, well, we've had we've we've been wanting to do a collectible game thing for a while. Yeah. Um, just because it's so prevalent, and if you're a gamer, if you're a tabletop gamer, you've probably collected Magic: The Gathering. If not. Something else that's similar to Magic the yeah. Gathering, or or part of a group that someone has had a whole bunch of Magic cards, or even a few, or played a game, borrowed a game, borrowed a deck from a friend, so right. they could play Magic. Right. So either you played it, or had a friend who played it. Oh yeah, I was totally that kid back in the in the rev- third edition, technically revised. Oh well, yeah. So it was Alpha Beta Unlimited Revised. And if I had known <laughs> back then to get a whole bunch of to go finding Unlimited, I would have bought a shit ton of Unlimited. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh I actually found a book. It was a 150-page manual. Like it was uh-huh. like it was the complete rules plus a whole bunch of extra like oh wow pro gamer tidbits oh, i was great it told taught me everything i needed to know about the game including about mr suitcase and i totally <laughs> i was afraid of mr suitcase back in the day and then i became <laughs> one um so that was during the time when uh i think i think revive yeah revised still had anti cards so if you were playing for anti, you'd draw a card out of your deck, and that would be the anti for the game, and then whoever won the game would get the anti. Um, and it was kind of like one of the, like there was like this horror, like this kid horror story of, oh, Mister Suitcase full of magic cards comes along and whoops your ass <laughs> because he's got more cards than you and he can build better decks than you. Um, and man, like I said, I could you know with my Hit with my uh, allowance money and paper route money, I was like split between saving it and spending it on magic cards. So I never thought I'd be Mr. Suitcase. And then I grew up and made a bunch of money and blew most of it on stupid shit like Magic the Gathering. So then I became Mr. Suitcase. I still couldn't win card or I still couldn't win games, but whatever, it's kind of beyond the point. Anyway, when we come back from the break, we're going to get into Keyforge, another game by Richard Garfield that I'm hoping will change the playing field for future card games. Alrighty, we're finally back. We're back, yes. So I feel like I did a bunch of talking for a while, and I basically told and <laughs> went a little deep into my history of being Mister Suitcase. 
Yes. And why don't you kick us off with Keyforge and why Keyforge may just solve the problem of Mr. Suitcase? <laughs> well, Keyforge, you can't. Well, I would imagine you can Mr. Suitcase it, but not in the same reasons as, as well. Okay, let, let's go with Keyforge. Keyforge, when you buy a deck of Keyforge, it is a complete deck. And is unique to any other deck that's out there. And with Keyforges, you don't buy decks to construct more different, more complex decks. No, there's no deck construction in Keyforge. It's, if you want to play a different type of game, of if you want to have a different type of deck, you buy a new deck of Keyforge that has different set of cards. Keyforge itself has six houses, if I can remember correctly. Uh, yeah. Or at least... Yeah, they have houses like like how magic has different colors. Yu-Gi-Oh has like different elements and so on and so forth. So in Keyforge, you buy, of course, as I said earlier, you buy a uh, you buy a deck, which is a pre-constructed deck of. (sighs) There are. Hold on. (laughs) I, I, I don't want to say I guess these are procedurally generated. Yes, the decks are procedurally generated. Yeah. You'll find, of course, you will find keyboard decks that are more powerful than others because just how they are generated. And the neat thing, how each deck is distinguished from each other is by unique names they have by the Archon that leads it. Such as the one I have, one of the decks I have is Countess Banpool Garrus. Is a, is an Archon that has, uh, <clears throat> Three houses that have the three houses that are part of this archon is Robnar, the Untamed, and Sanctum. Um, for the uh, what Robnar is, think of let's use magic terms on this. For Robnar, think of red decks. They tend to be quick. They tend to have self-sacrificing creatures or ways to power them up by burning other stuff and so on and so forth. Uh, untamed to think of green like. They have lots of creatures. They can pump themselves up with, uh, with certain effects. Uh, they have cards that summon more other cards from, from your hand. And Sanctum actually is the closest thing to white, really, mm. where they have a lot of healing effects, a lot of little creatures. Uh, let's see, and a lot of actually. Uh, let's see, ready. Let's see, play. Ready and use a friendly creature. Okay, yeah. A lot of, like, a little regeneration, bring things back to play, and all that fun stuff. So, um, unlike Magic, where you have to play land to generate mana to play cards, at the beginning of each of your turns, you select one of the houses that's in your deck. And then, when you select the house, you can play any number of cards of that house. But only that house for that turn. Right, and I think that's one of the neat things that kind of differentiates this from Magic and a lot of other other yeah. games is that there's no you're never going to be resource restricted. Right? It's you yeah. pick a color that you want to play that turn and you can play as many cards of that color that yes. you can. You may not want to play all, all the, the cards. cards because there's a lot of timings and stuff involved. You 
by design will never have an instance where, oh, I need three green resources. Yeah. I only have two. Man, I was really, like, my entire deck requires me to have three. Yeah. Like, you would never run into that because it's you can always do something every single turn. Oh, yes. Now, the question is every turn is, which house do you want to activate for that turn? <laughs> That's the big issue most of the time for what I have encountered while playing the game. Um, so, the general mission of Keyforge is to construct three keys. To win, to, that's how you win the game is by constructing three keys before your opponent does. Now, it's not easy getting these key, completed keys because you have to. There is some resource management here. You have to collect a thing called amber, which some cards do generate amber on their own. Uh, some cards actually take amber from your opponent and actually place it on your creatures, which hinders your opponent from having enough amber to make a key. Another aspect of Amber, I'm missing. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, the whole game revolves around being able to forge keys. And to forge yes. a key, you need a certain amount of amber at the beginning of your turn. Yes. Right. So during your, for, in terms of magic, during your upkeep phase. <laughs> yeah. So the first thing you do in a turn is you check how much amber you have. And I think think yeah. the base to forge a key you need six okay you need six amber so if you have six amber you must forge a key you cannot delay it it's hey yeah. you have six at the beginning of your turn okay thanks you forged the key yep end of story but there are certain so, yeah. cards at least in the dis faction which is kind of like a black Oh, yeah. Just like a very, hey, how can I mess with my opponent kind of thing where you might increase the cost to forge keys. In, yes. I think in this, one of the things you do is make your opponent spend more on them. Oh, yeah. And then you immediately steal all their amber and then you can forge a key at a lower oh, yeah. cost next turn. How awesome is that? But. There's no life counters to, to be aware of. There's no. Mm -hmm. There's not a whole lot of things to keep track of. Yeah. Even, um. Even you do have to keep track of life on your individual creatures that you play. Yes. But they're they don't have insane amount of life. They are have they have anywhere between what I've seen between one and nine health, and that's how much. How that's how much attack power they have, and that's how much life they have. Um. So, yeah. So, unlike other games, the damage dealt to a creature does not go away at the end of a turn. Yes, it, it persists from round to round. It stays with that creature. And so, on the one hand, you need, a, you know, oodles and oodles of tokens to keep track of damage, uh, creature status. Oh, yeah. And amber and chains, which Rasputhar will get into later, I'm sure. Oh yeah, chains. Um, oh yeah, totally forgot about those. Ooh. But it's not so bad because at any given point, you're probably only going to have three or four creatures on the play field. Yeah, and unless you're untamed, and everything. So there's the, so the cards come in pre-constructed decks. Yes. Again, they're procedurally generated so that out of the box, they should be 
more balanced than your average pre-constructed deck. Yes, they are all playable to degrees. Yes. Some decks will be more powerful than other decks. Yes. But that's just to be expected. Yes. Everything about this is pre-constructed. The back, so the front of the card has the name of the deck, which is the name of the, quote, Archon, which you are playing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And the back of each deck is also unique to that deck. So that's the artwork on the back is procedurally generated. There's also a name on the back of the deck. Oh, yeah. You could technically mix and match cards all you want, but it will be really obvious because if you flip through the back of the... If you just look at the backs of the card decks, you'll be like, oh, that's the... That yeah. doesn't belong, that doesn't belong, that doesn't belong. Yeah, the only way to bypass that is using car sleeves. Right, but he, again, if you look at the front, because the the names are also on the front. <laughs> yeah, but they're not, the thing is, it's not as prominent. It's not easily distinguishable. So basically, you can play, but that's just, but that's what people don't, don't do that for the sake of yeah. if you're doing that, you're doing that as a mutual thing between friends that right. you say, hey, let's just for shits and giggles and see if we can it, make it, it awesome. Would be, it would be really hard to cheat because every deck comes with a deck identifier card, yes. which is basically mm-hmm. the full list of everything that should be in that deck. <laughs> yeah. Um the the list also tells you you know what's common, what's uncommon, rares. Oh yeah, and what's a maverick, which is kind of cool, but oh, never heard of them. Okay, so mavericks are kind of unique, and I'll get to them in a second. Oh. Um, but it's one of those things. It's like in a tournament play, why would you go? Like, why would you even bother trying to cheat? Because yeah, it's it would be so obvious that you are doing that you are doing something shady. Oh yeah, and to be quite honest. Every deck of Keyforge almost seems like a sealed draft. Yeah. Right? Like, if you open a fresh deck, you have no idea what that deck is going to be, what's going to be in it, or anything. Oh, yeah. But it's so... Every time you play with a new deck, it's going to be a unique experience. Oh, yeah. And every time you play with a deck you already own, it's going to be a new experience because things interact yeah. differently from with other decks, yeah. So, um, the decks come in, well, let's call it three flavors. So there's a two-player starter set, which has oh, yes. rule the um, a big rule booklet, two player uh, mats, mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of tokens, including yeah. amber, damage. Tokens for amber, damage, and stun. And also, uh, does come with uh, chain cards to we'll explain chain in a bit. Right. So and, um, from the the red box Keyforge start, start uh, two player starter deck comes with uh, two starter decks that are right. actually the same in all the starter packs, mm-hmm. plus two regular Keyforge decks right. that are the procedurally generated ones. Right. So it's kind of like two sealed decks and two decks. That you that are strictly designed for learning the game. Yeah. So that's call. So Call of the Archons is the red series. Yes. 
Age of Ascension is the Blue Series, and the Blue Series two-player set is a little less expensive, but it, it comes with all the other stuff and two sealed decks, but not the... Uh, the starters. The fixed, okay. Not the starters that are fixed. Okay. Right. So those that's are, good. That next guy is a better deal than right. you. So it's, I think they knocked 10 bucks off because they're not packaging the two decks that you'll probably use twice in your life. Yeah. <laughs> um, the one and dones. Yeah. <laughs> so the new set, Worlds Collide, also has this. So Age of Ascension is the blue, and Worlds Collide, which is on pre order. Yeah, they're it's purple, but they're going to be a purple box purple. for those, right? So both of those have what they call the deluxe archon deck, and for fifteen bucks, you get a set of keys, a set of amber tokens, damage tokens. Oh, cool! Status counters, chain tracks. So kind of like it's like one half of a twenty-five dollar uh, two-player starter kit, right? So it's everything one player needs to to start playing. And then there's obviously the regular decks which don't have any of the tokens. It's just the pre-constructed yeah, here the you pre-constructed go. $10 decks. Here you go. And those are 10 bucks. So yes. so you have some choices, right? You can if you get the two player set, obviously you and a friend can play. I don't need the giant rule book or the play mat, the paper play mats. So I'd rather save save 10 bucks and maybe get the deluxe version, which has the tokens, or I could save even more money, use a bunch of dice for tokens. Oh, yeah. And just get the regular, you know, the regular procedural cards. Just the oh, cards. Yeah. Um, so there's, like I said, there's a little bit of variety here. And the really awesome thing is, is that you only need, technically, you only need one deck to play. Oh, yeah. And if you have one deck, you will probably spend hours and hours and hours trying to figure out the best way for that deck to work. Oh, yeah. Because there's no custom... Again, there is no customizing it. Well, you can, but again, by the playing by the rules means that you keep that deck intact <laughs> and yeah. make no changes. Oh, yeah. Um. So, circling back a minute, so, right, all games have common cards, uncommon cards, and rares. Yes. One of the things that I think was int- might have been introduced in Age of Ascension, which is the Blue series, mm-hmm. was this thing called Mavericks. Hmm. So Maverick cards are cards that belong to a faction, but are not necessarily part of that faction. Huh. So, for example, I think it was so Sanctum. Has uh, so Sanctum has like ambassadors, Mm -hmm. um, and those ambassadors technically belong to Sanctum, but they might be the ambassador to Shadows, so they will show up under the Shadows list. So really rare, like those are like ultra rares, or they're 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 less, they are less common than rares even. But the mm. other neat thing that I like about um, this game is that just because you have a bunch of rares and uncommons in a deck, it doesn't mean that it makes it a more powerful deck. Like I could have a deck that was oh, yeah. mostly rares and mostly uncommons, but 
if but somebody else like Raspather could have a deck full of commons that would be function that would just generally function better. <laughs> yeah. Right. So and it depends how what cards can play how cards play off each other. Right. Exactly. So there's a yes, yes, you can you know, kind of count on rarity as a thing, but it seems less important than how well the deck functions. Oh, yeah. And the player learning how the deck is supposed to function. It's a great concept, and it definitely, to me, solves some of the issues of Magic the Gathering, where it's like, oh, great. Now I need to buy another $150 booster box just to try to find, like, the two rares that would otherwise cost me, like, 72 bucks a piece. (laughs) You know, yeah, because they're quote important to my to my collection. Like that, just I don't know. Yeah, and there's basically as long as you buy a deck of Keyforge, you're not going to be left behind. Oh, absolutely. Per se. Yeah, if you have one deck, you're not going to be left behind. It's um. So and then the thing is, if you just want, and it's the game where basically, oh, like if you like this game enough, you just buy another deck. It's like to have a different variety. Right. Yeah. The only yeah. reason to buy other decks of cards is to have more variety, right? So one deck, yeah. if you have a deck with Mars, Dis, and uh, Sanctum, for example, three different houses, it might play completely differently from a different deck that yeah. has the same three houses. Oh, yeah. Because it's going to be, it's going to be a different set of cards every time. And yeah. Might, and instead of Mars, you might have... Uh, untamed, and that's going to be yeah. completely different because it's a three entirely different sets of cards. Oh yeah, um, I definitely give it a shot. There are actually um some just a couple of last things. One, there is actually a list of decks that have been discovered so far. So oh yeah, each deck, like we said, is procedurally generated, but there's a QR code. And as well as a ten-digit code, so that you can yeah. register your deck. Oh yeah! Right. When you register your deck on KeyForgeGame.com, you you have you make an account, you put it in there. You can see all the cards that are in that deck. You can oh, also yeah. look at other people's decks and see what they have, um, which is kind of oh cool. yeah. So why don't you go over chains real quick? Because that's the one thing we've didn't quite. Okay, so from chains, how they work is, now there are certain cards in the game that generate a chain. And what a chain is, it's to compensate for how powerful that card is, it restricts how many cards you get to have on your next turn. So if I can remember correctly, I'm doing this off of memory without looking at actually a chain card, for every three chain you get... Starting at the first, and every three afterwards, you draw one less card on your next turn. So from chain one through three, you draw one less card. From chain four through six, you draw two less cards. And you lose one chain every round. So after, if you had, for example, a chain of five... And so you lose, so you draw two less cards on your next turn, and your chain goes from five to four. And then next turn, you still draw two less cards, but it goes from four to three, so on and so forth, and down until you get a zero chain of zero. Hmm. Now, 
the other purpose of chain is now with enough playing of these decks uh, and through their database and tournament play, certain decks will start with a, a certain number of chain with a hindrance since their deck is, is geared to be more powerful than the standard. See, I did not know that. I knew yeah. that. So chains, in short, is basically a fancy way of imposing a handicap. Right. It's a fancy way of balancing decks in game. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, the from what I've played, the only fat house I've seen chains pop up in, but I. I guess I don't. Ha- I guess I was buying the deck at a time. Uh, Bra- uh, let's see. It was Bromnar has typically had had chain cards in it. I, that's what I've seen. But that's based off of Call of the Archon set. Right. I play. I played this when it was called the Archons was out before there was uh, Ascension, and of course the new one coming out, Clash of Worlds, Clad World, Clading Worlds, or something like that. Yeah, Worlds Collide is in the world. Worlds Collide. Thank you. <laughs> and and yeah, there are, like I said, the deluxe edition and the starter pack both come with chain trackers. So yeah. if the chain is one, it will tell you how many cards, how many fewer cards you can have. So it's, yeah, it's a different kind of a life counter, but it's not really, it's, imp- nah. it's a kind of life counter. That's not important to the game. Cause if it hits zero or whatever, you, yeah it just means you have no penalty it's this is your handicap yeah or playing powerful cards or having a powerful deck depending on the circumstances of when you're playing that yeah and to me one of the most important thing aspects of the game so far is that they've only had two sets come out but if you go on etsy or just look up keyforge tokens there are tons and tons oh yeah making accessories for the game. So there are people that are loving every minute of this thing. Oh yeah. And let me tell you, so my, okay, I already like it and I haven't even technically played yet. (laughs) There is an online version, which is really cool. Uh, We will put a link to that in the show notes. Um, But man, the names on this thing are great. And in fact, some of the decks on, ebay that are going for a couple hundred bucks are because they have kind of suggestive or really funny names it has nothing to do with the actual power of the cards it's i want a (laughs) deck that is named steven's burger collective or something you know who who knows um so unfortunately we're kind of out of time on this episode but yeah uh, why don't we finish it off by sharing the names of the decks that we have all right, so perfect. I have six decks. Oh, jeez. Um, so I'll do three. You do your. How many? You said you had three. Okay, that works. And then I'll do my last three. So I have three Call of the Archons, which is the red set, and then three Age of Ascensions. Call of the Archons. I have Pyrofoot, Garland Bowie, comma Emperor, <laughs> uh, D Y Musk of the Extravagant Bridge. And the enormous marine. <laughs> yeah. From the same set, Card of the Archons. I have uh Spring Pip, Shuckster, comma, the Scaled and Fang. Nice. 
I have Baron in parenthesis. I have Baron then Axel in parentheses. B R B H O R. Pronouncing it like bad. Uh, and then I have last but not least Countess Vanpool Garris. Nice. All right, so from Age of Ascension, I have Senora, quote, Elevator, Oblette, <laughs> the one who impulsively judges knights, which is quite <laughs> possible. Looking at the cards in the list is quite possibly my favorite one already. <laughs> um, and then I also have, from Age of Ascension, Miss Summerlove Kilpatrick. Huh. Interesting names, all of them. Yeah. So that's to me, that's like that sold it. Like, hey, <laughs> procedurally generated names of decks, cool. I don't care about anything else. I just want some really <laughs> awesome names. All right, folks, that's that'll be us for this week. Um, yes, Rash Brother, why don't you take us out? Alrighty then. So, uh, of course, you can contact. You can uh, get to our website. At Let the uh, you can also contact us at letthedigital at protonmail.com for any questions or KeyForge, what KeyForge, <laughs> uh, what deck names did you get when you uh, oh, picked man. up your decks? Well, let's see. You can also uh, go to our... You can go to anchor.fm slash letthedicerole where you can leave us a voicemail. Yes, leave us a voicemail. Um, if you think we're doing good, or if you want to support us, you can donate money through there, even on uh, over at On Coffee. But the links are on the website. You could always join us on our Discord server, hang out. Or we have one user that we hang out with <laughs> right now. Um, but yeah, like I said, come join oh, yeah. us, grab a deck, and we'll play some KeyForge online. Yeah, and uh, also. Alrighty, folks, I think that'll, like I said, that'll wrap it up for us this week, and we'll see you next time. You folks have a good day, afternoon, night, wherever you may be.